Welcome to In The Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. Welcome back, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. I'm excited to have Gene Hammett on the show today. He's the creator of GeneHammett.com and the author of The Trap of Success, which we may talk about a little bit later. But what we wanted to start out with, kind of the core focus, is how Gene's been able to get speaking gigs and how he gets paid to speak and his process for getting on stage and then using that as kind of a business lever or a lever in his business to to grow his business. So Gene, thanks for being on In the Trench with us today. It's good to be on the trenches and uh, you know, my podcast being so close <laughs> and similar to yours, it's it, we got to make sure we don't call it leaders I know, in the trenches. Right? And and now finding out <laughs> as we looked at iTunes that there are so many knockoffs of both of our podcasts, you know, it's just everybody wants to be in the trenches these days. That's a shame. But, you know, regardless, what I want to talk about today is all about how you've you're using speaking to grow your business and really you start wherever we can with that maybe from the beginning but give us a little bit of your backstory how you use this and then we can get into the nitty-gritty of it so i guess really it's the why would you want to speak would Mm. be the first place i would start because a lot of people in an online world are so focused on i can sit back and do this you know turn it on on demand and it's great when that works like i'm not knocking that one bit i don't have that I have tried to work on this in different ways, but what I do have, and maybe it's just my natural strength, is I've learned to identify speaking opportunities where my ideal clients are in the room. And in many cases in this, I spent you know a good four years not charging any speaking fees. And that's probably not surprising to you because there's, there's a lot more opportunities to speak for free at associations, at monthly meetings, at other types of conferences that just don't have the budgets for speaking. You're, you're familiar with that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there are speaking fees, right? There are corporate speaking fees. Mm-hmm. There's national conferences that have speaking fees. Now, most of the opportunities for those are go to the, the keynote, right? The one spot, maybe there's two or three, depending on how big the conference is, but then they have all those breakouts and they're not necessarily writing checks for all those breakouts. Maybe some of them are, but there's a lot of opportunities for free speaking. And I know a lot of people kind of get, well, why would I do this for free? Because it's my valuable information. The way I've seen this work and play out for myself is over the last few years is the first time I got chance to speak was I was filling in for someone at a local networking meeting and there were only six people in the room. I didn't know there were only six people, but they're like, could you speak tomorrow for me? I couldn't, I can't make it. And I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll throw something together. No slides or anything. I just got up there, made a few bullet points and I delivered a message to six people. I got four conversations that, you know, after the com- the speech was over and one of them became a client for $3,000. And I'm like, there was no funnels. There was no test and, and trial and error and all that stuff and, and no paying out for leads in, in front. I just got up and gave. And one person became a client. And he got tre- tremendous results. And I was like, well, where can I do this more? So the power of speaking, as I've seen for a lot of people, is much bigger if you can deliver your message to the right audience, deliver the right message, and deliver it not when you're pitching, like a lot of people think that I'm pitching from the stage. 
So I'm not actually pitching. There's no sign up in the back of the room. There's no bonuses. There's no none of any of that stuff that that we see going on from time to time because there's not many opportunities for that either. But I'm speaking to just give content. And then I do, and I'll talk about something I do called the invitation that really triggers people to take action. And that is really something that has, I walk away from speaking opportunities with handfuls of business cards. Sometimes they're doing a text to subscribe to get on my list, but it's the best way I found to connect with people. It speeds trust. You know, I think in 2014, I tracked it. I don't track it anymore, but I averaged $18,000 per speech with new clients coming to my coaching business because of what I was doing, traveling around speaking. I love it. Walk us through it because this is pretty compelling stuff. So we talked about the power of speaking and I'll say speaking is an unfair advantage because if you're face to face with someone or nose to nose and toes to toes, you have a chance to really, um, what I call the proximity rule. You are in person with them. They are not distracted by their phones, by Facebook, by email, hopefully. Hopefully you're a good enough speaker where they're actually paying attention to you. And that's not that hard, right? Because they don't want to be rude and like sit there with their laptops unless they're taking notes. The key to doing all of this for anybody who's out there in their market is to understand who their customers are. And we've all heard this in marketing. Like you got to have that avatar. You got to have that really clear depiction of the right customers for you. The closer you are to understanding that you can actually find out which opportunities you should go speak at. Not all opportunities are the same. A chamber of commerce will not deliver the same results. If you work with, let's say coaches or online professionals, because there's only a few of those people in that room. And that makes sense, right? Oh, yeah. I really think that a lot of people, one of the biggest mistakes they make is they think any speaking opportunity is a good opportunity. And if you're in practice mode, that's fine. But as you start to really understand you want to build your business, as you're, you're putting time into this, maybe you're traveling away from home, you're spending expenses, you really want to be keenly aware of who's in the room. Because even a great speech to the wrong audience is still not a good speech. It still will land flat. They're not taking action. You're not getting them to move over into some industry that you serve because you're a great speaker. They will just tune out because it's not for them. So you want to make sure you identify the opportunities that are great for you. I'll give you an example if that would help. Yeah. One of my clients is a marketing company. He's got a branding and website company. And in the first three years of his business, he was working with 45 different industries. 45 different industries, which is like 45 different business models and lead structures and, and connection techniques. And are there some crossovers and similarities? Absolutely. But is he able to really deliver the depth and results that he's able to get when he decided to work with one set of market? Now, he chose professional speakers. I don't want to confuse you guys, but he's a marketing company for professional speakers. His name's Derek Hart. It's called Get the Gigs. He does websites for speakers. And I just watched him. I just filmed a little, a little, he had a 15 minute chance to address 80 people in the room. There were 80 buyers in that room. Now they may not all be buyers today, but at some point in time, there were 80 people that could buy his services. That makes sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. It was the Georgia National Speaker Association. And he can go to the national conference that's, that's next month in Orlando, if he chooses, and be in front of thousands of speakers all in the same room. Now he's not speaking there, but my hope is that he will actually go there to meet the right people so that he can speak. And we already know some, some angles into that, but that's a much different experience than someone 
speaking to a, just a broad room and they're hoping their audience is in the room. Yeah. So that's the first kind of thing you really want to understand when you're speaking to get clients and, and to grow your business is who are you speaking to and what events are they going to? Got it. So target market, know who, who the customer is and then find out the ones that they go to. And even if that, I guess, even to the degree where it's like, you may not have even heard of this conference, right? It's not like it has to be the most notable conference. I mean, something that is even smaller might be very lucrative and very valuable. It can be. I mean, you, some people serve financial advisors. I spoke at a conference called Naifa. And I talked about the value of them being experts in, in certain domains of this. And there's, you know, 40 different NAIFA associational events that they have every year. And there's a national level NAIFA event. If you serve financial advisors, that would be a great place for you. So that's the first piece to it. The second piece that I really think about when I think about speaking is what are you speaking about? And most people are too, I don't know, too literal or too kind of dry in their speech titles. I think speech titles should, should spark curiosity. I think it should spark some interest. I think the subtitle should be a little bit more specific to give them an idea of what it is. And the talking points underneath that should really be focused on the audience. Like what is really uh, the importance to the audience? What is the struggle the audience has? How does the message address that struggle? How does it help them with insights or help them avoid mistakes or help them with a new path? And it really should be audience focused. I know that sounds like really simple because a lot of people talk about that in marketing, mm -hmm. that we should be audience focused. But I've re I read a lot of speech descriptions and it's, it talks about what the speech is and it doesn't make the connection to the audience. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make. Interesting. Where, where do you think the disconnect is on that one? before we move on to the next piece, like, cause it does seem obvious, but like, I guess, what are the things we need to consider to make sure that it is actually targeted at the audience that we're, we want to speak to? If you don't really understand the power of marketing and, and really talking about them, you get really caught up in talking about you, how good you are. I could tell my story of building a business and, and making millions, losing millions, which I've got a book coming out that, that goes into some of that. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but my story, somewhat interesting, but what's more interesting is how, the, how it reflects to the client or how it reflects to the reader and how it reflects. Like we understand that when we talk about it, but speaking most of the time is written so that it talks about what you're talking about and really leaves gaps in that why it's important and what's, what's going on. Interesting. Okay. And marketers get it. And you're, I know you're a marketer, Tom, so I know you get it. And a lot of the, the listeners here are probably listening to this and they probably get it too. So you may not make that mistake, but I will say that it's a very common mistake. It's very common to get up there and share your quote unquote message on the stage and it to be filled with I and me. Hmm. And if you ever got a transcription of your talk, you can do, you know, rev.com. You can actually, I've done this. You just sit it on the side of, of, of the table, give your speech and it records, send it over to rev.com. See how many I's and me's you have versus how many U's. Yeah. And I guess that's just, not me. yeah, you're right. Like, I guess in the marketing space, it's like, absolutely. You want to focus on you. And it's funny. I think most people can pick it up subconsciously when the presenter, whether it's the, you know, the copy that they're reading, the newsletter, or obviously, you know, the speaker is only saying I you can notice it subconsciously. Like it's a different thing. But when somebody's talking to you on using things like you and, and just that word, it's interesting because it's way more powerful. And it's one of those things that I, I learned a while ago and I'm glad I did because it's just so much more powerful. People resonate more with it. And really this whole thing about, I don't think I'm alone in this, but I really kind of 
branded this. If you want to deliver a speech that is going to connect with people, I call it emotional resonant. You're going to have emotional resonant mm -hmm. with the, the audience. They've got to feel you. And I don't necessarily need to get into this, but I'll, I'll kind of tease you a little bit. The best speeches in the world will connect to the heart within the audience to the speaker. They will feel the pain that you're in. They will be able to feel their own pain through this. The goal is not for them to understand with clarity everything you say. The goal is for them to understand that you understand them. Exactly. I had a friend of mine that t told me about, you know, I write for Entrepreneur Magazine. And one of the things he's like, you want them to read the article and go, he gets me. Same thing with the speech. Same thing with an, an email you send out. Same thing with, with a video that you're putting together, right? He gets me or she gets me. You know, you want to have a good speech. You want to have something that really specifically targets that audience. And that's where a lot of people kind of mess up too, because they try to go too broad. Well, this can be used everywhere. Well, you can't get clients everywhere. So let's get really zoned in to the right challenges and pains that you're going to address and the big idea. And I, I love the concept of, it's in one of my speeches. I have a speech called Be The Choice, Not A Choice. And inside this is unique is better than better. You want to have something unique about what you're doing because that's where people will go, oh, I get it now. Like I see how that's powerful. If, it, if it's not new to them, then they're not necessarily seeing that they want to take action. And I know that probably makes sense to some people, but this is starting taking you down that, that marketing trail of you've got to have that unique mechanism. I think there's three parts to, to the speech that before you actually get selected is the market, the message, and the mechanism that you really want to understand. And, and you want to understand some of the, the finer details inside there, which we don't necessarily have time to get into. But the next big question, like you probably are wondering, like now that you know where you're going to speak, you actually know what you're going to speak about, like what do you think is next? Guess who will be actually reaching out. Yeah. How do, you, how do you reach out to these right people? So I started this year doing something really, I think, interesting. And I share this with you guys because I was blown away by what I figured out. And I've been speaking for years. I decided that I would map out the top 100 conferences. And I actually drove this out into like the top three or 400 conferences. They're not necessarily corporate events. These are conferences that for entrepreneurs and marketing or in sales, leadership. And um, I even looked at a lot of international conferences. And I really looked across the board. I ended up getting on the phone with uh, 59 of these meeting planners or event planners. And I asked them a series of questions to understand speaker selection. Now I'm going through this and without telling you exactly what to do, because I want you to tell you what not to do. Because after interviewing 59 meeting planners, and I really talked to more than that, but I got data on 59, it was overwhelming to me that you should not pitch yourself for speaking engagements. The pitch is that really well-worded email that is a lot about you, a lot about your awesomeness. I actually call it the, the I'm awesome email because it really has very little to do. Most of these have very little to do with the audience. They have very little to do with the event. They have very little to do with anything other than I'd love to speak on your event. Here's about me. Here's the awesome speech I did. Here's the awesome stuff I've done. Here's some of the other awesome things I've done. And we all have seen these. I know you've seen them, Tom, because you've got a podcast. Mm -hmm. You see it all the time, don't you? Yep. Well, what, what, what I found out was in the scheme of things, some, some conferences get more, some get less, but there's 100 to 200 different pitch emails going out for one speaking opportunity. 
And so your your job is to stand out from the crowd from those, let's say, 200. And there's only one op- one opportunity. If you do the same pitch email, if you do the same kind of approach, it's got to be light years beyond. I mean, you've got to be like the president of Starbucks or you got to be the, you know, someone who created a billion dollar business to stand out in this, this credit marketplace. So the pitch email is just not the best way to be discovered. The call for speakers is really the worst way. The let's fill out the form and like just if no one knows you, send it in because if they don't know you and it's not really interesting and really resonating with them, you you just completely get get tr- tossed to the side. So I did something and I, I can share this with your audience if you want me to and I can give you a, a private URL if you want. I mapped out the 10 factors that were most important to these meeting planners. To give you an example, do you want to know what the most important was? Do you have a guess? Mm, the most important, I would probably say it's either one or two. It's fit for the audience, fit for like the demographic of people you're going to be listening to, or it's what can you bring to the table in terms of reach? So the reach kind of stuff is your business celebrity status and your s- social media platform. Those were like toward the bottom. Interesting. Or toward the middle, let's say. You really described what you talk about in, in emails and whatnot was third on the list. So pretty close. I'll give you the top two, and then you can download the rest if you want them. The top driver for getting selected to be on stages is if they have seen you in person or someone they trust has seen you in person. Hmm. The reason behind that is because I got, I was able to pull back the layers and have the actual conversation with these event planners. They're not going to lose their job by going to someone that they've seen actually interact with the audience, that they've seen how many times they cuss or not cuss, and see how the audience reacts to them and look at how they felt through that experience. Mm -hmm. And they also included in there someone they trust because, you know, there's a lot of people in their close network that say, man, this guy's a great speaker that they know that they're not, you know, pulling their leg, if you will. Mm -hmm. The second most is past speaking experience. So where you've spoken in the past, like the level of that conference, have they recognized that conference before? Do they recognize the name of the companies? Do they recognize this? It still has some value to them because it's someone else gave you that. And if you've got quite a few of them on your list, it actually shows that you've got this history that you're going to take care and perform well given that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So there's a bunch of other things that are not important. So I created, I don't know how you do your list. I can, I can make a private URL. I can give you a download if someone wants this cheat sheet. Yeah. Let's send them to maybe some, some unique URL, maybe something like slash ITT, or we can do slash Tom Orcus up to you. We can do slash Tom. Perfect. So I can make it easy. Leaders in the trenches.com forward slash Tom. Perfect. I'll give you what I call the big opportunity stage cheat sheet, which is those 59 meeting planners. I, I really evaluated the top 10 aspects of selection. And then I gave you some insights to how to address those, what to focus on instead. And it really would help you do this. But the big thing behind this is don't pitch. So what do you do instead, right? So it's a big conversation to talk about what you do instead. And I don't want to scare anyone. It, it takes a little bit longer because it would be great if we could just have that nicely worded email and send it out to 100 places and book 50 speaking opportunities. But I think we're smart enough to know that that just doesn't happen. You might get one, you might get two, but most of us business owners don't have 100 places that could be really brand boosting and accelerate our authority. There's only 20 maybe. You wouldn't want to speak all across the country wasting your time if it wasn't the right audience. So once you identify the top 20 places, you want to build relationships. That makes sense, right? Build relationships with those meeting planners, those event planners, the people responsible for selecting speakers. 
The way you do that, and this is so simple, and this is what they told me, and I realized I was doing it at that time. I was actually building relationships with every time I did an interview. I ended up booking nine speaking opportunities out of these conversations with these 59 people. Pretty good percentages. Now, four of them were for me and five of them were for clients because they were a better fit. They were a better match. And it would make more sense for me to hand that over to a client than for me to kind of squeeze myself into to a place that's not a good fit. But I also, I love being able to connect my clients with the right stages. So if you want to have the strategy, I think you want a system. And you're a systems guy. I, I know you are, Tom. Mm-hmm. Tell me you are. I am definitely. Yep. <laughs> you got to have a system behind this. So what I've come up with is I have a, an offshore VA. Her name's Mary. So I may come up with a, some of the companies I want or some framework that I, I'm looking to go after. And she will do the research like really fast because I've trained her to do this. And she fills out my spreadsheet for me. And we actually talk about the first email and the kind of sequence and the kind of what her goal is. Her goal is to book appointments for me. And so it's not to pitch me. I actually write for for publications and I look for different ways, and I've done this multiple times, ways that I can give to those meeting planners and give to those relationships where I'm not asking to be speaking on their stages. I give to them first. I get them in conversation. At the end of the conversation, I'm asking other questions. They ask me questions. We get to know each other. And they say, what do you speak about? And I would tell them and they would say, oh, we think it'd be a good fit. Or they may say, who else do you know that speaks about this topic? Because I may ask the questions and, and I go, I've got a great person for you. Do you see how that's more natural than me sending a pitch email and hoping for a reply? Yeah. And it's about giving to them? Yeah. The part that I love most about this is it's a, truly a system. I can turn it on. Mary can send out emails. We started a new new batch today. And I've already noticed in my appointment calendar for next week, I've got a, a calendar link. She's booking people into my calendar and they just show up. So you're leading with when you after you do the research, so you find some potential stages that would be relevant, and you're leading with essentially like wh- I guess what is what is your what do you, how do you lead into that that email? I'll give you an example of my current focus, and and this is you know I know that that may, some of you may want to instill this, but when this comes out, I will have already had all the conversations, had built these relationships. I will have I will know what what you may need to know if you like the same market. So. I got a $7,000 check for speaking at a software conference earlier this uh, last month. And, and I am moving into paid speaking, and this works well for paid as well. I realized I was so excited by that software company that I was like, you know, I started thinking to myself, why am I so excited? And I'm like, oh, because it's a big opportunity. They have 30,000 customers. Now, I started digging a little bit further. I don't think their customers are the best fit for me, but they have a strategic partner. Uh, track. They have channel partners, if you will, inside their business. And so I started looking at other businesses that have channel partners because the thing I excel at is helping people grow their business through marketing and sales, like the top line revenue. And I helped them do this. And I've done seven interviews so far out of 47 companies and they they all have conferences for their partners. There may be a partner day around a, a big conference, or they may have separate conferences. And it is great to be able to just talk to these different people and how they're serving those channel partners. Their number one challenge so far is what? Getting new customers. And it's like, that's perfect. It's a perfect fit for me. So I'm excited about this, this opportunity. I've been talking to people. I've got meetings set up for next week, already started 
just because we identified the market we want to go after. I already know what I speak about, and I, it resonates really well with what the core problem is that audience has. And so now I'm just building relationships. Mary sends out these these messages going, we're doing some research, writing an article for Entrepreneur or Forbes magazine. We're pitching it in some new places. Uh, Gene has done these researches. Here's a few of his articles before. Uh, would you like to be included in this research? And you could get a mention inside the article. And so I'm sending that out because I really do want the information. Like the information is gold. It's solid. It's like, that's why I came up with this cheat sheet information. It is such great information to go deep into this. I went 59 interviews. I'm going to interview 20 to 25 channel partner programs to determine how they're actually supporting those channel partners. Is that valuable information to other channel partners? Yeah. Absolutely, right? It's not something that you can actually Google. That's the point here. I'm creating something beyond that. So I could actually speak about this in different fashions, put it in different articles, create other things that, are, that people want. That's the key to doing this very strategically. Yeah, this is interesting. So you're basically, so it, like to summarize and tell me if I missed the point here, but it's like the big thing is, the thing you're leading with is essentially an opportunity for exposure for them to be, you know, yep. to be featured on an article you're going to write. And so I think that's great because you can, you can leverage the same methodology for a lot of the things you can do with podcasting. Like I, I use my podcast in a very similar manner. It's like, if I find somebody who's interesting and who knows, maybe they could be a partner or collaborator or client down the road. I definitely want to lead with that. Hey, I'd love to interview you on my podcast and get you some exposure or, or help you out with what you're working on. I mean, it's simple, right? But I agree that it, I don't know how often it's done. It's not done often enough because I feel like people that pitch themselves to be on my show, if they just showed a little bit of respect or praise for what, what the show actually is and they actually listen, they gave a rating review. I mean, I think it's golden. I mean, I, I created this video. It's the most watched video I've ever had from start to finish. It's, I think it's like eight minutes, but it's about how to, don't pitch me. And it was based off of a lot of the research I had in here, but I got tired of seeing pitches. So if you guys want to, if you want to get an example of that, um, there's no opt-in or anything required. Just go to leadersinthetrenches.com forward slash PSA. That's really changed the way a lot of people have, have interacted with me when I send them that. That's the way you get on the stages and it really does become a system and it's not dependent on me. If it were dependent on me as a, a busy business owner, I know there's, there's points of failure there. Mary can take this playbook and run with it and put appointments into my schedule. And I don't have a problem with that. I may spend 30 minutes with someone. And if I meet with five people per week, I'm building relationships with five great people, regardless of whether I get speaking opportunities. But I, it is working out for me. And it's working out for my clients that are doing similar strategies. Fantastic. Well, Gene, hey, I know we're coming up to the top of the hour. I think this was really powerful. Before we wrap up, I'd love to give you the platform to share a little bit about where people can reach out to you, especially, you know, if you've been listening to this, you're like, yeah, that's kind of what I'd like to get into. I think speaking could help me. And, and if you're some sort of consultant, free, you know, consultant, freelancer, business owner, I mean, there's a lot of ways that this could be applicable. Then I definitely recommend you check out Gene's work. So Gene, where can people find you? And then maybe even do a plug for your new book, because I want people to pick that up as well. The way you can find me, I'll just remind you, if you want that cheat sheet, go to, go to leadersinthetrenches.com forward slash Tom. T-O-M, and it, do all lowercase because uh, capitalization matters in, in the world of WordPress and internet. 
that will give you, you know, kind of an idea of what it takes to be selected. Now I've got some other tools that, that I can offer to you. I've got a, the deeper dive stuff, but I'm not, I just want you to like, take a look at that and then see what you get from it. If you really are thinking about speaking, the other things that I would say, if you want to connect with me, I mean, of course I've got a podcast where it's amazing. I think I've been around longer than, than you, Tom, and, and all those other in the trenches, <laughs> but I say it with a smile because I, I really do you know, there's no competition out in this world. Like it, we're, we're all in the trenches together and I'm happy to be here with you. And as far as the book, I, I do have a book coming out, um, September 10th. It is going to be on Amazon. Um, I am self-publishing this on purpose. I did not want to go through the publishing route. I've got a platform that I really want to leverage myself, you know, been able to share through stages and build my list. And so I really want to get that out there. The, the book, the, what's really interesting about this, I kind of mentioned, I was very successful and I was missing something and I ended up losing everything. I lost $3 million in one day. It was really a very painful thing for me to go through, but it actually was a gift. And the gift was I got to look back at my life and go, where do I really want to serve and, and make a difference and really find significance? Because I was just making money before. And I look back at this and I was having some conversations with, with a friend of mine and she's like, it's like the trap of success. Like you didn't break free from that. So I ended up thinking about that, playing with that. I started speaking on stages about it over 18 months ago and I get asked to come and speak about the trap of success. So I should write that into a book. So I've been working the last year on writing it into a book. Um, it really is about how to break from your, your comfort zone and, and, and the, the fears that are come up and how to find significance in the work and the life that you're doing. And so, you know, you can go to the, the trap of that will get you uh, access to the book Depending on when this comes out, we are launching September 10th, um, so you'll be able to get that. There's going to be some bonuses and whatnot along with that. That's the book. Gene, I appreciate it. I'm going to encourage everybody to pick it up, uh, check it out. I'll be getting my copy. So as you're listening to this live or when it comes out, when it releases, the book should be right around the corner, so definitely pre-order. And if you're listening to this after it's come out, definitely go get yourself a copy. Gene, thank you for being on In the Trenches with us. Awesome to be here. Thank you for listening to In the Trenches. Your creative work doesn't stop here. Join the resistance, the small but growing army of entrepreneurs and artists putting a dent in the world at www.tommorkis.com. Never fight alone. Join the resistance.